Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. I'm so thankful that you're joining in today. I believe God has a word for all of us. And so whether you're watching from Franklin or Nashville or Spring Hill, or maybe you're on vacation somewhere, or wherever you are in the United States, and you're gathering together in a living room, or you're watching on your phone, or somewhere in the world, I believe that God wants to speak to us today. And I'm so thankful to be a part of what God's doing. I'm so thankful that you're starting your week off focusing on the Lord and saying, I want to dedicate my heart to Him today. You know, God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And that's what we're doing today together. And we need the Lord more than ever before, don't we? I mean, the world we're living in today, I mean, there's so many things that are happening and it just seems almost out of control in a lot of ways. I mean, we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with racial reconciliation, we're dealing with an election year, job uncertainty, all these things start to weigh on us. And as I talk to people, people say, I just kind of feel like I'm in a funk. You know, I kind of feel like that. Maybe you feel like that today. I was reading an article from CNN that said, record unhappiness reigns in America. Record unhappiness reigns in America. And what really caught my attention there is the word unhappiness. Unhappiness is what happens when we focus on our circumstances, isn't it? Right? So many people say the goal of my life is to be happy, but, but we never achieve that because our circumstances, they change. And sometimes they're really good, and then other times they're really hard. But man, what if we could be people of joy? What if we could be people of purpose? And that's what happens when we live our lives on Christ. And that's what I hope and pray for every single one of us, is that we wouldn't live unhappy, that we would live in Christ, and we would experience the joy that He has for us. You know, COVID has taken a, a lot of things. Maybe you know somebody who's been ill. Maybe you know somebody who's struggling or the worry or the fear. But there's also the emotional pain that it's caused. Pornography's off the charts right now. And maybe that's a struggle for you. I'm praying for you. There's so many things that are, people are dealing with depression or people are dealing with abuse. And all these things have been caused by the isolation, the fear and the worry, the anxiety. But what if we could rise above? What if we could focus on Christ and the plan that he has for us and be the men and women that he's called us to be? You know, we live in a broken world. We're gonna face challenges. We're gonna face difficulties. But we can be people of joy. We can be people of Christ. Uh, my daughter, Grace, she's our oldest, and she turned 16 during COVID. And so we had a COVID birthday, right? You know, it was a little bit of a downer because, you know, she wanted to be 16 and have a party. But but it was all right, you know, and she's great and she's amazing. But as I was thinking about her life and just looking over her life, you know, she's had some great things and there's been challenges she's faced. I remember one time though, when she was younger, probably six or seven, and we went to Disney World. And so we took her and we're riding all the princess rides and all the small rides. And here I am, dad, you know, and I'm like, all right, time to grow up. You know, let's go tackle one of the big rides. And so I took Grace my daughter at six or seven on Tower of Terror, okay? So this is an epic parent fail, all right? I just gotta admit it. I mean, but she met the height requirement. We got on the ride. And if you don't know what Tower of Terror is, right, it, it takes you up, right? And then it just drops you straight down. And then it pulls you back up and it drops you again. It, it grace, I'm sitting next to her and she's brave and she's doing all right until we dropped. And then she's like, ah, you know, and she starts to cry. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm the worst dad ever. Why did I do this? And we get off the ride and I did what any good parent would do. I bribed her. I said, okay, Grace, I will buy you whatever you want in this park, as long as you stop crying before we see mom. So it cost me $25 
and a Disney book. But you know what? She got the mom. And here's the crazy part. A couple years ago, we went back to Disney. And you know what she said? She goes, Dad, let's do the Tower of Terror. She goes, let's go. I want to be on it. I want to, I want to try it. Let's, let's go. And we get on that thing, and she gets off, and she's just like, that was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And there's something about maturity. There's something about growth in our lives. There's something about as we mature in our lives to be able to see things differently and to see things that were challenges or struggles before. We start to rise above that. We go, okay, wait a minute. There's more here that's happening. And I can have faith and I can have trust. And in our lives, I pray that we're growing. We're in this great series, you know, Life on Purpose. And I, I can't think of a better series for us right now individually, as a church, because this is what we need to be doing. This is how we're called to be living. And we're tracking with this guy in the Bible named Saul. Okay, here's Saul's life, right? We meet him when he's in his late 20s. He is successful. He is a lawyer. He's making lots of money. He's religious, but he doesn't know Jesus, <laughs> right? Inside, if you were to look at his insides, he is angry. He is mad. He is insecure. There is rage on the inside of his life. He's breathing out these murderous threats. He is on this mission, and his life inside is falling apart until he meets Jesus. <laughs> and he meets Jesus, and everything changes for him. I mean, overnight, it changes. He meets Jesus in his late 20s, and his life is forever changed. And he begins to live his life on purpose. And his purpose comes. I want to know Jesus and I want to make him known. I want to know Jesus, and I want to make him known. I want to live my life for the glory of God. And you start to watch this transformation happen inside of him. Oh, he still faces challenges. We're going to see that today, right? He still faces struggles, but inside there is a joy. There is a peace. There is a hope. There is a purpose in him that I pray would come alive in every one of us. And we're on this journey as God is shaping us and molding us, and God is working in your life. Don't miss that today. So if you have a Bible with you today, hey, I want to invite you to open with me to Acts 14. Maybe you don't have a Bible, but maybe you've got a mobile device. Maybe you can access on your phone, version, and go with me to Acts chapter 14. Uh, last week, Pastor Jacob did a great job of unpacking Acts 13. And if you missed it, go back and watch it, because this was where they went out on the first mission trip. The first mission trip that's ever recorded was right here in Acts 13. Uh, the church there in Antioch prayed over Paul and Barnabas, and they sent them out on this mission trip. And, and it's incredible the things that they experienced there in Acts chapter 13. Uh, they went to this place called Pisidian Antioch, a different Antioch from where they left from. You know, there's places that have the same name, but it's important to know they were two different places. And they go out and they start doing ministry there. And we left off in Acts 13 with this verse. It says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That God was working in them, even in the challenges, even in the struggles, there was a joy in them. And I pray that for you. So pick up here, Acts 14, look at verse one. It says, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. All right, so there were synagogues in all these towns, right? Jews would come there and they would start synagogues like churches. And they would go there for worship on Shabbat, on Saturday. They would also have times to teach their kids throughout the week. And so Paul and Barnabas go there and they start talking about Jesus. 
They go, hey guys, the Jewish faith, it's great. We're Jews too. Hey, listen, the whole Old Testament. But we want to tell you, the Messiah has come. Jesus is here. Praise God. And so they go there to the synagogue in Iconium. They're talking about Jesus. And there they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. Right? We're seeing this transition. It's not just Jews anymore that are coming to be Christ followers. Now there's Greeks and there's Gentiles and a great number believe. And the, but the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. Here's the thing about Jesus, right? He brings division. Jesus comes and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. Now, Jesus is making a way for all people. But there's people who believe, and then there's people who are antagonistic. And so there's, there's always this struggle. There's this tension because Jesus is inviting us to lay down our lives to follow him. And there's people who go, man, I want my life. I want to live my own way. I want it to be about money or success or power or whatever. And, and so we see this division. Now, Jesus brings unity and grace, but there was a division and the people were divided. And there was a plot afoot among both the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them, right? Stoning them is killing them. I mean, it's like literally they throw rocks at you until you're dead or they throw you off a cliff and, until you're dead and then throw rocks on you. But they found out about it and they fled to the Lyconium cities of Lystra and Derby and to the surrounding country where they continued preaching the gospel. You know, they, they, they fled, they went away, but they didn't stop preaching the gospel. They went away and they said, hey, we're gonna tell more people the good news of Jesus. We wanna talk about it. And so look what happens here in Lystra. Verse eight, in Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. Okay, get that right there. Just notice that he had never walked. It wasn't like this guy sprained his ankle, you know, and was a little bit hurt. This guy had never walked in his life. And he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and he saw that he had the faith to be healed. Now, I don't know if you underline your Bible. Man, that's a great line to underline. He saw he had the faith to be healed. A lot of times when it comes to faith, we kind of hedge our bets a little bit, right? We're like, I'm gonna pray about this, but I don't know if it's gonna work, right? I don't know. Even when God puts it on our heart. But if we have faith, Jesus said, you could say to that mountain, move. The faith is small as a mustard seed. This guy believed, God, you want to do something great in my life. God, you want to bring healing into my life. You want to bring hope into my life. He had the faith to be healed. And he called out, Paul called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. I love this, you guys. The guy didn't just kind of like try to ease up a little bit and test it and see if it was going to work. He just jumped up. And he began to walk. He began to like walk around like, I can't believe this. God is at work. God has healed me. And everybody in the crowd was like, yes, yes, yes. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus. And Paul, they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Now think about this, right? Greek mythology, the Greek gods, you know, 
Everybody kind of worshipped those Greek gods back then. And so Barnabas was older. Paul is probably now in his late 30s. Barnabas is probably in his early 40s or mid-40s. So they called him Zeus, and here they called Paul Hermes. They equated them to gods. Well, the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. What? Yeah, I mean, like they were worshiping Barnabas and Paul. It's interesting how we tend to worship people, isn't it? Uh, we want to worship people. It's something inside of us. See, God created us with this desire to worship Him. I mean, that, that's, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Every civilization that's ever existed has had some form of worship. The problem is we start to worship pagan things. We start to worship idols. Or we start to worship people. You know? I mean, you look back through history, right? People worship the emperors. Or they worship czars. They thought they were gods. They, they would bow down to these pharaohs and, and worship them. So immediately, these people started to worship. You know what? In our culture, we still do this too, don't we? Uh, celebrities get worshipped in our culture. We have American Idol. I mean, it's like, really? I mean, they're like an idol. I mean, we call it that. You know, we, we don't make any bones about it. And it's fine to have people have great talent. And that's awesome, but we ought to always give the glory to God. God, thank you for creating them. Thank you for giving them that gift or that talent. But we're not meant to worship people. And we always have to guard our hearts in that. We have to go, wait a minute, am I worshiping somebody else who's not God? Am I worshiping something else? Am I putting somebody on the throne of my heart who is not God? And the people immediately began to worship Barnabas and Paul. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, 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 why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You know, I love that Barnabas and Paul immediately were like, no, 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 don't worship us. Sometimes there's people who are like, oh yeah, I love the attention, right? And they steal the glory. They try to take the glory. Hey, yeah, that's fine. Worship me, you know, bring money to me or whatever it is. You know, it becomes about them. Paul and Barnabas are like, guys, you're missing it. No, 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 no. It's God. It's God who healed this man. It's God who's at work in your life. It's God who's taking care of you. They're like, guys, don't miss this. Look, verse 16, in the past, he let all the nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with, look at that word, joy. Guys, the reason you have joy is because of God. Look at everything he's done in your life. And for us, we tend to forget that, right? We focus on our problems. We focus on our challenges. And we forget about God. We need to today stop and look up and just say, God, I want to be thankful. You're providing for me. God, you're keeping me healthy. God, you're providing financially for me. You're taking care of my family and of my kids. And God, I want you to get the glory. I want people to know that in my life. Well, even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch, right? 
the city in Antioch, right, where they were before in Iconium, and they won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. Like, what? The same crowd that's trying to sacrifice to him now stones Paul. It's interesting how fickle we can become, right? The people that we worship, all of a sudden we can turn and, and, and want them gone, you know, off of their place and out of the spotlight. I mean, it happened to Jesus. Same crowd that was chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Palm Sunday five days later. Crucify, crucify, crucify. And that's what they did to Paul, right? And they stoned him, right? They threw him off a cliff or they threw rocks on him and they dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back in the city. <laughs> the disciples come together and they pray over him. And Paul stands up. He doesn't walk away. He just goes right back into the city. I'm sure the people are like, what? You know, to see that. Well, the next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. So they go back to the same cities where they were before, and they're strengthening the, the disciples in these new churches that are there. And, and Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom he had put their trust. And then look down at verse 26. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed by the grace of God for the work that they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there for a long time with the disciples. Guys, I love that, right? This is the end of that first mission trip. And they come back to the church and the church celebrates. They have their mission Sunday, right? And they're telling all the stories about what happened in these cities and the miracles that God had done. And the church rejoices. It, it takes all of us, you guys. There's people who go out on mission trips. There's people who pray. There's people who give financially. But it takes all of us. And as a church, it's a celebration that we get to be a part of what God's doing in the world. And I want you to see that today. And I pray that our focus would be on Christ. So here's some things I want to encourage you with today as we live life on purpose. Remember this, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You know, they were going through challenges, they were going through struggles, but God was at work in their life and they were living on purpose. And if we're to do that, we got to do a couple things. One, we got to live your life on mission. We got to live our life on mission and understand that is the call for each one of us. Look at Paul and Barnabas. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. Paul and Barnabas didn't just live their life for themselves. It wasn't just about them. It was like, how can I help others? How can I make a difference in the lives of others for the glory of God? God, how can you use me? Hey, notice this. If you're in Christ, then you are a missionary. If you're in Christ, you are a missionary. In a missionary, right, we highlighted this word. If you're taking notes and you're there, you can go in and fill out these words just to help you remember. B 
But a missionary means to be sent. That's what a missionary is. There's somebody who's sent. There's somebody who goes out. Now, remember what Jesus said at the beginning of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're called to be witnesses. Every day of our life, we are a missionary. You know, we're sent. We're sent to our home. We're sent to our family. We're sent to our workplace. We're sent to our neighborhood. And we just share the love of Christ. Now, there will be times when God will call you to go to the Amazon or go to Moldova or go to these different places. But it's not like, hey, I'm a missionary for a week or two weeks, and then I come back and live my own agenda. No, I, every day we wake up and say, God, what do you want to do through me today? God, I am your servant today. We live that out. We are called to share the love of Jesus with others. And I think that's so important for us to understand that. We are called to love people, right? That's our, that's our life purpose is love. And Jesus said the most important commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And when we do that, we're living out our calling. We're living on mission when we love others. Hey, it's not up to us how people respond. We are simply called to share. Please don't miss that today. We don't win people into the kingdom. It's not up to us that people would come disciples. What's up to us is to share. God is sovereign. God is drawing people to himself. And for us, we just go out and go, hey, let me tell you the hope that I have in Christ. Let me tell you why I have joy even in this record unhappiness. Let me tell you what God's doing in my life. Hey, he's blessed me. He's provided for me. He's keeping us healthy. He's doing all these things and I want him to have the glory. God will work in people's lives. You, you know what's amazing is when you look at this, when they were in Lystra, we find out later on that there were a couple of women, Lois and Eunice, and they had a son, a grandson named Timothy. And they gave their lives to Christ on this first missionary journey. Timothy, right, becomes a part of what Paul's doing. Paul will end up writing 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy to encourage him as he starts to plant churches in other places. They may have thought, you know what, God, we didn't see anything happen. Oh, no, God was at work. God was at work. And as you pour into your kids and your grandkids, as you pour into people in the neighborhood, as you share the love of Christ, God is at work. All right, number two, get this one. Challenges will come in your life. Please don't miss this, right? Challenges will come in your life. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. We live in this broken world, guys. We do. And sometimes we're thinking, well, why does it have to be struggles? Why does there have to be hard times? But the world has fallen. Now, God is at work in the middle of it, but we will face challenges. Hey, you could be in the center of God's will, just like Paul and Barnabas. They're on a mission trip. I mean, you can't get more in the center of God's will, right? But they were in the center of God's will and they still face struggles. You can be in the center of God's will and still face struggles. One of my favorite verses is James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure, look at that word, joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking 
anything. Guys, it's in the struggles that we grow. It's in the struggles that God does His work. Now, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's hard to consider it pure joy when you go through struggles, right? But as a part of the maturity process, as the part of growing, we start to realize, hey, when the hard times come, I know that God's growing me. When the hard times come, I know that God is at work in my life. Hey, and I'm excited about that. If we don't go through trials, then how can we relate to others who do? Right? I mean, people are going to go through hard times. And if we didn't have any hard times, then people wouldn't be able to see how a Christ follower handles those. People wouldn't be able to see a difference. And so God allows us to go through those hard times, just like others do. Challenges help us grow stronger. Guys, challenges help us grow stronger. You know, if you get into working out and you want to be physically fit, right? You get, don't go to the gym and go, hey, uh, give me those five-pound dumbbells, right? You know, like, I'm going to work, work out. It doesn't do anything for you. You know, you have to add weight. You have to get stronger. Or if you want to run, you know, I ran a tenth of a mile. Well, congratulations, right? You know, some point, you got to get your heart rate up. You got to go further. You go further. You go further. You don't get stronger sitting in the lazy boy. Doesn't work, right? You get lazy sitting in the lazy boy, okay? Same thing is true spiritually, right? I mean, if you just sit back all the time, you don't read God's Word, you're just like, okay, you're not going to grow stronger. It's when you make that commitment to say, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to pull out the Rolling Hills app. I want to get on a daily step, or I want to go to version and get a, a plan, a reading plan. I want to have a devotional each day. I, I want to get stronger. I want to start giving glory to God and everything. I want to be thankful. Then you're growing. You're maturing. You're becoming all that God wants you to be, even in spite of the challenges. All right, look at this one. Persecution is a part of the Christian life. Ah, it's true. It's true. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and they won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Okay, that's persecution, all right? Getting stoned, right? Rocks thrown at you, and you're down on the ground. They think you're dead. Paul and Barnabas were persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And I don't know if you know this, but there is so much persecution that's happening to brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world. I mean, there's brothers and sisters in Christ who, man, they're putting their lives on the line today to go to church, to worship, or to watch online, man, because if the police come in, they're taken off to jail. They're putting their lives on the line. And for us, it, we're free to do that. And some people use that freedom and just go, okay, well, then I'm not going to watch. Or I'm not going to. No, 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 no. We ought to be thankful. Praise God that we can focus on him. Praise God that we can worship. But we just have to understand that we'll face some challenges. Jesus told his disciples, hey, this is a part, right, of the whole Beatitudes. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now he says persecuted because of righteousness, not because of being weird, right? Not because of being odd. You know, no, 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 no. When you're righteous, when you live it out and you still face those challenges, hey, yours is the kingdom of heaven. While we do not face much persecution living in the U.S. today, if we live for Jesus, then we will face some. It's just bottom line. And you may get some pushback, right? You may get some pushback at work. You know, people go, man, uh, what, are you, what are you praying for? You know, 
I mean, what do you mean? You, you want to read the Bible? Why, why did you invite me to church? Or you may get some pushback from people in the neighborhood, like, hey, your kids are different, you know? Or they don't use the same words that my kids do. Or, hey, why do, why do y'all always go to church? I mean, why is that so important to you? You may get some of that pushback, and that's okay. We should. Our lives should look different than the world. One day, our kids may face more persecution. We may face more persecution. And here's the thing. Persecution separates those who are serious about following Jesus and those who are just pretending. It really does. There's a lot of people who can pretend that faith is important. A lot of people who can pretend to be a Christ follower, could show up every now and then to church, you know, but they don't really make it a priority in their life. Persecution will separate real quick. How committed am I to Jesus? Only Jesus can change the world today. He's the hope of the world. And Jesus was persecuted. Jesus went through hard times. Jesus went through difficulties. But you know what? Jesus rose above it, right? And he is the hope of the world. And our faith is in Jesus. In the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the hard times, Paul and Barnabas didn't walk away. You know, Paul stoned and he didn't go, well, I'm getting out of here. He went right back in the city. Hey, I want to tell you, about God did an amazing work. We don't quit. We don't back down. We don't walk away. We stay strong in our faith because God is growing us. God's maturing us. God has a plan and a purpose for us. Hey, always focus on Jesus. Guys, always focus on Jesus. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned, right? Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain True to the faith, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Guys, I love that. They went back to these cities. They encouraged the churches. They were praying over the churches. Hey, they were focusing them on Jesus. And our world needs Jesus right now today. Jesus is your life purpose. To know Jesus and to make him known. I mean, if you boil it down as a Christ follower, What's my life purpose? To know Jesus, to make him known, right? The chief aim of man is to bring glory to God and enjoy him forever. That's my call. And when I focus on him, that's when I rise above. That's when I can have joy. That's when I can have peace. That's when I can have purpose in my life. Our circumstances are meant to lead us to Jesus. Everything in our life is meant to focus us on Christ. And when we go through the hard times, that's when we realize we need Jesus the most. Focus on him. I've told you these things. Here's what Jesus says. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Not you might have trouble. <laughs> Not you can. No, you will. But take heart, exclamation point. All right, Jesus is like, take heart. I've overcome the world. <laughs> I'm bigger than the world. There is more to come, take heart and hold on to me. Always be thankful. Guys, that's such a key right there. Always be thankful. You know, so often, right, we take our eyes and we put it on the circumstances and, our, and our, our happiness falls, we're unhappy. But man, when we're thankful, man, something grows in us. Faith grows stronger in us. Joy comes in us. My God's not going to let me down. My God's not going to forsake me. My God is with me. I'm thankful and give God the glory he deserves. Give him the glory that he deserves. 
You know, I, I heard a story a couple of years ago about this plastics factory in Ohio. And here's this plastics factory. They've got about 400 employees in this factory. And yet productivity is way down. The company's losing money. The owner's really discouraged. Uh, people hate their jobs, right? Their absenteeism is high. Their morale is way down. And, and maybe you've been in a toxic work environment like that. Well, the owner finally sold the company. And a new owner bought the company. And this new young owner came in. And he starts hearing about all the problems in the first few days. And people are complaining. And, and finally he has this idea. And so when people show up for work, he's got these buses, school buses out in front. And he says, everybody, instead of working today, we're going to get on the bus and go on a field trip. And they're all like, yeah, a field trip, right? You know, they, they get on the bus and he takes them to the airport. And they go not to the front of the airport, they go around the back of the airport, and there is a big 747 there. And he says, everybody get off and get on this plane. And they're like, whoa, we're going on a plane. A lot of them had been on a plane. He goes, we're not going anywhere. Hold on. He goes, I just want you to hear what they, they say every flight. And a flight attendant came on, everybody's sitting in their seats, and the flight attendant goes through the whole spiel, and then the flight attendant says, in the loss of cabin pressure, plastic masks will fall from the ceiling. Place the mask over your nose and mouth first. If you're traveling with a small child, then place a mask over their face and begin breathing normally. The bag may not inflate, but you will be receiving oxygen. And at that point, boom, they hit the lever and all the masks fall. And everybody there is just sitting there, silence on the plane. And then one of the guys looks up and he says, hey, this is our tubing. <laughs> We made this tubing. Look at this, Deanna. Look at this. You check this tubing. We made this. Check, check this out. The owner's like, yeah, you're right, guys. All these planes are tubing. Hey, get off the plane. We're, we're going somewhere else. And get back on the buses. They go to downtown Cincinnati. And they go downtown Cincinnati. They go to the, one of the leading hospitals there. He gets them off, and they go up to the observation deck when a surgery is happening. And they're all circling around. They're watching the surgery happen down there. This lady's having heart surgery, and they're seeing the tubes go in, and somebody goes, hey, that's our tubing. Look, 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 coming out of that bag and going in, that's our tubing. That, that, that's our tubing. He's like, you're right. He gets everybody back on the bus. They get back to the factory. By now, it's time to go, and the new owner's thinking, well, I just lost a whole day of productivity, but I hope they got it. And you know what happened? The next day, they showed up on time. People, in fact, got there early. And people came and they're smiling and they're laughing and there's joy in, in, the, in the workplace and they start telling each other, hey guys, we gotta stay late tonight. We gotta get this done. Hey, he even hears somebody say, hey, listen, 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 my son's traveling and he's gonna be on an airplane. Make sure you check that tubing. Make sure it works really well because my son's gonna be on there. He hears another lady saying, hey, my grandmother's having surgery. Hey, make sure this tubing is working really well because it could save her life. You make sure that and people stay late. Productivity goes through the roof. It's unbelievable when all of a sudden they discovered they had purpose. You guys, listen, we've got an incredible purpose. God has called you. God has invited you into his story. And for us, we can focus on our circumstances. We can complain. We can worry. We can be afraid. And we can focus on Christ. And we can point our children and our grandchildren. We can point the next generation to Jesus. Here's what Paul will later write. Here's what he writes in 2 Corinthians. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Guys, don't lose heart. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but don't lose heart. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yeah, there's problems, there's challenges, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Inwardly there's a joy, inwardly there's a hope, inwardly there's a peace that comes. We're being renewed for our light and momentary troubles. You know, these things are gonna pass. I'll tell you right now, COVID's gonna pass at some point, right? You know, the election's gonna come and it's gonna go. All these things are gonna pass. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It outweighs everything else. Guys, hold on to Jesus. Focus on him. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what struggle you're facing in your life today, but I want you to know this. God is with you. God is for you. And maybe right now you just want to be honest and say, God, here's what's going on in my life. We have pastors that are in the chat room right now, and you can go right there and just say, hey, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? You can go to our website, rollinghills.church, and you can go forward slash prayer and fill out a prayer request. You can go right now on your phone and fill out a prayer request. We can pray with you. We can pray for you. Maybe today you need to say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I've been trying to do life on my own, and, and man, I'm struggling. Right now, where you are, you can raise a hand. Just push that button, raise a hand, say, I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to follow. I want to know Jesus. God has an incredible plan for you. Would you trust him today? Would you focus on him today? I want to invite you to pray right now. Just wherever you are, wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in your life, would you just bow your head and close your eyes to block everything else out? And can I pray over you right now? Father God, I pray for every person right now watching. I pray that your hand of healing would come. I pray that your hand of hope, I pray that you would bring peace, bring peace into their heart, into their life. Father, I pray for their family. I pray, God, that you would do a mighty work right now, wherever people are, Father, you meet them. And Lord, I pray that you would change our lives, change our hearts. Open our eyes to the purpose that you have for us. Let us live our lives to know you, Jesus, and to make you known. Let us live a life of love and a desire to bring glory to your name. So, Father, thanks for speaking to us this morning, speaking over us, in us, through us. Now fill us with joy and send us out as missionaries to live our lives for you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.